You're listening to the podcast version of the Recruit of Talionis audiobook, book one in the Talionis series. I'm your narrator, writer, and host, award-winning author C.J. Malesi. Each week, we'll bring you further into the mysterious and dangerous dystopian world of Talionis and Bria's fight for survival. If you haven't been following along with us up until now, be sure to check out the previous episodes. Now, grab your favorite hot beverage and hold on tight as we dive back in. Chapter 13 As I round the bend in the path leading to the dining hall, I realize the soldiers have backed off. There are far less now and they aren't yelling at us to do anything, which is disconcerting. The group of recruits ahead of me turns the corner to the dining hall and a shot rings out. A recruit falls to the ground, screaming in agony. More shots sound. More recruits drop. They're shooting at us. Shay comes up next to me. What's going on? I grab her and pull her flat against the closest building with me. Other recruits are clumping around us and my stomach sinks. The more of us in one place, the more likely we are to be noticed. Why are they shooting at us? Shay asks, her voice shrill. A shot sounds from behind us, and I whirl toward it as a recruit near me grabs her leg. Laban is standing there, gun pointed at our little horde. Never drop your guard for one second, he says, taking aim at another recruit. He fires, and the guy lets out a grunt. But there's no blood. You want your breakfast, recruits? Laban shouts. Then earn it! Get through the kill zone without being shot, or push through the pain even if you are. These are training bullets. They won't kill you, but they hurt like fire. He pulls his gun back up, but this time everyone scatters, including Shay. His eyes lock with mine, and anger burns my cheeks. He's evil. They're all evil. Before he pulls the trigger, I sprint around the building. I'm about a hundred yards from the dining hall. A couple dozen recruits are on the ground crying. Others are running forward, not even attempting to dodge the bullets as they focus on getting to the entrance. If I wasn't still recovering from my injuries, I would follow suit. But right now, I'm not interested in more bruises. I scan the buildings that surround the path to the dining hall like ominous guards. Laban was right to call it a kill zone. They station soldiers on the roofs, and it seems almost impossible to find a route clear enough to avoid getting shot. Maybe it is impossible. That would fit well into everything I've seen of these people so far. A soft whisper echoes through my mind. The greatest mistakes and the most profound discoveries are in the details. Tuning out the sound of the gunfire and the ensuing screams, I search the area again. That's it. An alley across from where I'm standing now seems like it will provide a way around the back of the buildings, circumventing the kill zone. I'll be exposed for 20 seconds, 15 if I sprint fast enough. Without giving myself time to think, I race toward the small gap between the buildings. A training bullet slams into the ground at my feet, but I keep going, almost there. A whistling sound rushes by my head, and then I'm in the alley. 
I don't stop running, though my body is shaking. I follow the winding alley between the buildings and then around the back and toward the dining hall. The sounds of gunfire dim. I was right. They aren't back here. I reach a side entrance, rip the door open, and rush inside. I made it. Recruits throughout the dining hall are crying, most having been shot at least once. No one else found the alley, at least not that I can tell. Too bad the group around me scattered before I realized there was a way around. I move through the line and fill my plate with food, keeping an eye out for Storm. So far, there hasn't been any sign of her, and I'm not sure if I'm relieved or more anxious. This is not the place for a child. They wouldn't have shot at her if she was out there, would they? I squeeze my tray and force the thought aside. She wasn't out there, so maybe she's okay. My stomach rumbles and I add an apple to my tray. Eggs, potatoes and onions, some kind of hot porridge, toast. It's probably more food than I need, but the exercise left me famished. I break from the line, eyes scanning the room. Recruits are shoveling food in, some attempting to hold ice packs to bruised areas with one hand and eat with the other. I should join them. We may have just gotten shot at, but who knows when they'll interrupt us and drag us onto some other training. I move toward the table Nika's sitting at, but then a puff of blonde hair at the back of the room catches my attention. Storm. I stride toward her, haphazardly balancing my tray as I weave around tables and almost release an audible sigh of relief. She's at a table in the back corner of the room with only one other occupant, a tall black guy with an athletic build. He has the shaved head and uniform of a male recruit. Their backs are toward me as I approach. The guy has his head angled down toward Storm as he listens to something she's saying. A red welt is rising on his forearm, but Storm looks uninjured. I circle the table and set my tray down on her other side. I'm halfway seated when the guy speaks. Find another table. There's a steel edge to his words. His dark eyes stab at me. It's making perfect sense why this table is empty except for these two. He's intimidating, sure, but right now I don't care. I've been told what to do by enough people lately, and I'm not interested in adding him to the list. Plus, I need to make sure Storm is okay. I ignore him and settle myself next to the little girl. How are you? She grins at me and is about to speak when there's a scraping sound. The guy has both hands on the table, and he's rising out of his seat. I said, find another table. He sets his square jaw in determination and something else. Desperation? Before I can respond, Storm pipes up. It's okay, Cade. The name is familiar, and I remember her talking about her neighbor who was taken. This must be him. This is Bria, the one I told you about. Cade's gaze flicks to Storm, and he settles back into his seat. All right, stay then, he says a bit begrudgingly. Cade's gaze catches on the bruise on my forehead, and a flicker of recognition lights his eyes. I hold my breath, half expecting him to tell me off like Nika did and force me to leave the table. If he claims it's not good for me to be around Storm, he would probably be right. Another second passes, and then he goes back to his meal. I release a breath and focus on Storm. How are you? I repeat my question and then shovel some food into my mouth. I've wasted several minutes, but it was worth it. 
Okay, she says. Then she launches into a story, chattering away between bites of food. The brightness of the new day seems to have put to rest some of her fears, for now anyway. She talks about anything and everything that comes to her mind. Her village, the games she played with her friends, her family. The girl talks more than Ari. I respond when it's expected, but mostly I listen. There's something familiar and strangely comforting about having breakfast with a kid. Kate and I make quick work of the food on our plates, but Storm takes her time, and I find the fact reassuring. Maybe they aren't rushing her from one thing to the next, like the rest of us. A question gnaws at me, and I wait for her to take a bite of food and pause in her storytelling. What did you do before breakfast? I ask her. She swallows and shrugs. Nothing. Someone came upstairs to get me to eat. She was nice. I'm impressed that she slept through the alarm, but the difference in her routine is a good sign, right? What are you going to do after breakfast? Did anyone tell you? A shadow of the fear that cloaked her last night falls across her face, and I wish I could retract the words. No. She looks unsure for the first time this morning. Where's the lady who brought you down here? Cade pushes aside his empty tray. Storm rises off the bench a little and stretches her neck, searching the room. Before she can find the woman, the door to the dining hall opens and Sergeant Valerius comes in. Storm shrinks down in her seat and presses her little body as close to Cade as she can. He drapes a protective arm around her and his jaw tightens as he glares across the room at the source of Storm's distress. That's enough sitting around, recruits! Sergeant Valerius's voice thunders around the room. You have interacted with the kill zone. Everything you experience in Talionis will train you, hone your senses, and sharpen your skills. The kill zone will not be active before every meal, but it will be active again. Be alert, keep an eye out, and learn how to get through without getting shot. Understood? Sir, yes, sir. Colonel Valerius enters with two other soldiers. Good, Sergeant Valerius says. All of you are to report to the educational building in ten minutes. Head out! The room erupts into a whirlwind of activity. Seven or eight soldiers disperse through the room, yelling at recruits to move faster, pointing out every piece of trash and demanding they pick it up. Cade, Storm, and I are far enough in the back that none of them are near us. Yet. Cade and I stand, and Storm joins us. Together, we drop our plates in a nearby bin, dispose of our trash, and then we make our way to the door. Storm slips her small hand into mine, and I almost jump. She smiles up at me, and I squeeze her hand gently. It's such a familiar feeling, holding a child's hand, but my stomach churns, and I regret eating. Don't go there, Bria. Halfway through the room, a soldier stops us. This girl isn't going to educational training, he says in a high voice that pierces my eardrums and doesn't fit with his bulky build. Then where is she going? I ask, tucking Storm behind me. The soldier studies me. That's none of your business, recruit. Now move out of the way and report to your assigned training. He reaches around me to grab Storm, but I push his arm aside. He scowls. Not until I know what you plan to do with her. The soldier spits out a foul word and reaches toward me, ready to lift me out of the way. Cade steps up next to me, crossing his arms over his chest. 
the soldier's face flushes red. What's the holdup? Colonel Valerius strolls over. The soldier snaps to attention. The colonel's eyes land on me. Ah, the runner. Causing more trouble, are we? He knows about me. Goosebumps rise on my arms. He turns to the soldier. What's going on? Sir, my orders were to bring the young girl to observation with Sanchez. These two have impeded my process. I just want to know what he's going to do with her. The words rush out of my mouth before I can stop them. I told you, recruit, the soldier begins. That's none of... Colonel Valerius lifts his hand. He looks at me. She's going to receive her own individualized training. There's a cold hardness in his eyes that doesn't fit with his smooth words. We were not expecting a recruit as young as she is, and we don't expect her to perform at the same level as those several years older than her. He focuses on Storm and turns his lips up into a smile that could almost be engaging, except that his dark eyes are not at all penetrated by it. They remain calculating, their focus sharp. I hear Storm's quick intake of breath as she moves further behind me. The fabric of my uniform bunches as she clenches my shirt. At the sight of Storm's anxiety, a flicker of enjoyment cracks Colonel Valerius's gaze, but it evaporates as quickly as it appeared, and I almost wonder if I saw it at all. Does that satisfy you, Recruit Averton? Yes, sir. It doesn't. Not really. But I've already done more today to gain attention than I should have. At least they're not putting her through the same training as the rest of us. There's nothing I can do to keep the soldier from taking storm, especially with Colonel Valerius right here, and the last thing I want is for my actions to cause her, or myself for that matter, any more trouble. I move to step aside and allow the soldier access to storm, but she moves with me, the hold she has on my shirt tightening. I turn as best as I can, trying to get out of the soldier's way. She lets go of my shirt and wraps her arms around me, burying her face in my stomach. A fresh wave of protectiveness washes over me, and I press my lips together. I can't tell her to let go, even though I know I need to. Hey. Kay drops to one knee and rests a hand on her head. You need to go with this man, okay? We'll see you later. Storm nods. A single tear rolls down one smooth cheek, and Cade wipes it away. She lets go and follows the soldier from the room. Get these recruits to their training, Colonel Valerius says, but he isn't looking at Cade and me. Several other recruits and soldiers have paused in their exit to watch the drama unfold. I wish I could melt into the floor. The soldiers spring into action at Colonel Valerius's command, and they're soon yelling at the recruits and herding them out the door. Enjoy your training, Colonel Valerius gives me a calculating smile and strides away. Enough delay! Let's go! A soldier prods me in the back, and Cade and I join the last recruits exiting. We trot toward the educational building. Thanks. Cade says once the soldier behind us moves on to yell at another recruit to move faster. I glance over. For what? For standing up for Storm. She shouldn't be here. I nod, unsure of what to say. But at least he and I seem to have moved from adversaries to allies. He rubs his hand over his jaw and then opens his mouth, but Nika joins us before he can say anything. I was looking for you, she says to me, 
and then I saw a crowd gathered. Her tone is light, but her eyes are serious. Wasn't planning on that, I say. This is Cade. Nika waves a hand through the air. We met. Girl, just be careful. People who love power, who want others to obey them no matter what, it's not good to stand out in front of them. Trust me. The words are heavy with meaning and experience, and they settle on me like one of the weighted bars from physical conditioning. That wasn't about her, Kate says, drawing my attention. She did it for Storm. Beat me to it, actually. He gives a wry grin, and the weight lifts slightly. Get inside, recruits! A soldier yells down to us from his position at the door of the educational building. The three of us jog up the steps along with several others and were ushered inside and down the hallway to a classroom. Still, Nika whispers as we file into seats near the back of the room. Please be careful. Being someone they know, someone they recognize, is dangerous. Her words bring the weight back onto my shoulders with a thud. I hope you're looking forward to continuing the story next week and finding out what happens with Bria and her friends. If you just can't wait, you can purchase the full audiobook wherever audiobooks are sold starting October 6, 2023. If you're on the hunt for other great books, discover more epic, clean, young adult reads on the Read Clean YA with CJ podcast. Recruit of Talionis was written and narrated by C.J. Malasi, and I can't wait to continue this journey with you next week.